I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by our friends Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. How do you keep going year after year if you are solo? Why isn't it always the right answer to just hire somebody else? Jane Torok, owner of Paw Prince Pet Services, has been in business for 14 years and remains a one-woman show. She joins us today to talk about what it means to be content in business and finding balance in our lives. She also talks about motivating factors and how to push through in those times where we really don't feel like it. Let's get started. Hi, Colin. I am really happy to be here. I have a business in Falls Church, Virginia, and it's called Paw Prince Pet Services. And it's I'm pretty much just a one-woman show, except my husband helps as well. So I like keeping it small and just in my control. <laughs> I know that one day I'm going to need to hire, but right now I'm really happy having it just be me. Well, I think that's a really important kind of mindset and approach to have about our businesses is that it's okay to be content with where we are. I know sometimes we can get caught up in the what's next, what's next, what's next, and, and get all trying to always change it, but being appreciative of what we have with us right now. And again, being content with how we're operating. I think that's a really, really healthy way and, and place to be in, in business. Really agree with that. When I was first starting, I was feeling a little competitive, like I need to get bigger and more clients. And then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, let's just stop and breathe and let's just enjoy what we have. And then I realized, you know, I've got a really good balance of my work life and being able to manage my clients. And let's just, let's just be content and happy with where we are. <laughs> and that is, again, it's, it's tough because we're constantly driven or we constantly see what other people are doing around that. But to be able to look around and go, I think we, what you said there, of going, I have balance in my life. That's something that I really, <laughs> I really want. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that or, or change that sometimes. It's so true. And I come from a management background and I managed a large team of customer service reps and I'm happy to have just me to worry about right now. (laughs) (laughs) With with a background in in customer service and in management of of teams, how do you feel like that plays into how you you run your business? I think one thing that really helped me is that I did get a, a business degree from college. And so that gave me sort of a foundation of what a business should look like and how you should stay on track of your accounting and take good care of customers. And I really think that my customer service background helps me take good care of my clients and know the importance of customer service and keeping them happy and how it's so much better to keep a current client happy than lose them and have to go out and get a new client. Mm. I think that's a really good point to to bring up here about if we talk you know mm-hmm. your business is talking about customer acquisition and how mm-hmm. that's really as you said that's really expensive. I mean that is, it um, is just it's right? it's time intensive. It's also lost revenue because there are currently no bookings in that spot. And so for for you, how do you how do you balance that that keeping a, a current client and they're happy 
um, versus, well, I guess I should ask, have you ever had to fire a client or get rid of a client? And, and how did you balance that, that desire to move away from a client because of something and know that there was going to be this acquisition cost that you'd be coming, uh, that would be coming up? Right. I haven't had to fire many clients. I have fired some. And mostly, though, it sort of happened naturally. So we both sort of realized that it just wasn't a good fit, whether the dog was not a good fit for for me. Um, I've had some aggressive dogs, and uh, I just don't have the patient. Patience isn't the right word, but there are so many other dogs out there that I prefer to have ones that are less maintenance and less worry. And so um, those, those kind of dogs just sort of naturally fell off the schedule. Just there haven't been very many times that I've actually had to write a letter to a client and say, we're just not a good fit. Yeah. It is really hard, but it is important to remember that there are better options out there and that even though we may have, we may be looking at this acquisition cost of a new client, sometimes it's just not worth keeping a bad client around or a difficult client, but whether the human or the pet and going, you know what, I'd rather not have this on my stress and this on my calendar and try and find someone better. Because as you said, there's plenty of other people out there who you can bring into your business. It's true. I mean, one of the advantages, I've been in business for 14 years, just about. And through that experience of, of time, you really start to, to get a, an understanding of who your ideal client is and how you prefer to have that kind of client. And it's okay to walk away from the ones that don't fit in that mold. And that you're going to have a much happier life in general. I mean, you, if you have a client that's not a good fit for you, you bring that home with you. And then you are unhappy when you get home and you're thinking about how you don't like working with that dog or that client. And so life's too short for that. You just want to cultivate the ones that are a good fit. And say no to the ones that aren't. <laughs> no, it's, it's all about keeping that kind of decision in perspective of that. Yes, we are running a business, but it's a business that, that we are running. So we get to make those kind of decisions. And yeah. that if we're not happy, if that balance is off, if something isn't working, it's 100% okay to, to, to move on. And keep in mind, as you said, life's too short. We can, we can walk away from this and, and we're going to go find greener pastures. Yes. And it's a really personal business too. I mean, we are caring for people's family members and we're in their house. So if there's something that's just not a comfortable fit, then it's, it's a personal client. I mean, they really, you have to have a trust and a a good relationship for both of you. And that's, that's the key that I I think many of us, including myself, get caught up uh, of is that it, we forget that it's a two-sided relationship. It's a two-sided transaction. Uh-huh. And that too often we put all of the power and all the decision-making in the client's hands and forget that we have agency over that same interaction. And so whenever we started to view um, meet and greets as also we're interviewing the client, 
And yes. we are, we're going through that process too of like, Hey, this is for us to make sure that this is going to be a good fit that we think, you know, that, that we think you're going to follow our policies and that this isn't going to go somewhere South. Like all of a sudden it was like, yeah, you know what? This, that's why that's one of the major reasons why we think the meet and greet is so important. It's so that we can determine if this is going to be a good fit. Not if the client likes us or not. if right. it, it's, it's, it's a little I selfish. Absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> but it is important. It really is important. So you've been in business almost 14 years at this point. What right. mo- what moved you away from your business background and customer service into dog walking? <laughs> well, actually, it was done for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I um, my company did a restructuring, and they laid off the customer service managers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it turned out to be a really wonderful blessing. So it was scary at the time. I had a newborn baby. So that actually was a real benefit to me that I was able to spend some time at home with my new baby and then figure out sort of what was next. And I wasn't sure what was next. And I started looking for a job and just nothing was feeling comfortable. And then I was looking for something part-time And I found an ad on Craigslist for dog walking. And I thought, oh, wow, that could be really perfect for me. I've always had animals. I grew up on a small farm and we had every animal under the sun. And so I am used to animal care and I've always had dogs and cats. And so I went on the interview and I really liked it. And They offered me the job and I said, I'm going to go interview someplace else just to, you know, get a feel for this. That also was a good interview and I liked it and it sounded perfect. But then I thought, you know what? I went to business school. I I can do this. This is not a hard business to start. So I decided that I was going to start my own business. And I'm really glad that I took the plunge. And on top of my business background, my husband, I had set up his several, we're sort of an entrepreneurial family. So I had set up several of his businesses. So I knew what was involved with getting your license and taxes and all those things. So it wasn't something so scary for me because I'd already done it. Well, I think those those pieces are sometimes the absolute scariest stuff. We've got this passion and this desire to do something, like walk dogs and care for pets, but in the middle is all of this red tape and bureaucracy and forms, and we 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 don't quite know sometimes how to navigate through that. So, how you having that experience of like, okay, I th- I can overcome this, I can do this, I can definitely see how that was just a okay, this is the path we're going, and this is how we're going to move forward with this. Yes, and. For me, I started out small. It was just four dogs every day that I would walk. And that was just perfect for me. But then it it sort of naturally grew over time and really all through word of mouth. And eventually, probably by about year five, it had moved into being my full-time job. It was a full day of dog walks. And then eventually by, I don't know, maybe year six or seven, it was the primary source of income for our whole family. So it was enough to support our whole family. Have you heard of Time to Pet? 
Claire from Acton Critters Editors has this to say. Time to Pet has honestly revolutionized how we do business. My sitters can work much more independently because they have ongoing access to customer and pet information without relying on me. I save hours upon hours of administrative time on billing, processing payments, and generating paychecks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software in the new year, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessions. You making that transition of being laid off growing this business and then now year six or seven, you're it's the primary source of income for the family. Did did that ever weigh on you uh as as a, <laughs> just at the personal level? Oh so much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I had kids at home and I would rather be taking them to the park. But it we had our family had this wonderful opportunity of the perfect business for our family. And since it was a good fit, you know, I decided to step up and just keep on walking. Mm. <laughs> and I got to the point where I would at that point just say yes to everybody because I'm like, oh, I I need the income. So yes, I will walk your dog. And then over time I was able to sort of really understand my my core business values and understand what was important to me in my client base and and not to overextend myself and that includes with my walking area i i live in a suburban area just outside of washington dc and so there's a lot of dogs and i'm able to just travel two and a half miles from my house that's my service territory and if somebody calls three miles away, I tell them no at this point because I just don't have time in my schedule. And I think that the t- over time, it's really helped me to figure out what's important to have a strong business and my joy in the business. Too often we forget that this is a joy. This is something we get to do on a daily basis. I know there are, there are tough days and there are, there's stress and strain and worry, but it is something that we, we get to do. We can approach it with that joy. It's sometimes that gets overshadowed with that stress and that worry. And, uh, by some, a lot of times with stuff that we do to ourselves by, you know, like you said, by taking that someone who is three miles away when you drew the line at two and a half. So for, for you, how, how do you make that balance? How do you make sure that you, you're, you stick to that mission and those, those values that you have? Well, it's really hard in the beginning, especially because like most of the people in the industry, I'm a really kind-hearted, soft person. And so I want to help everybody. I want to say yes to everybody. And no is so hard. (laughs) 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 And really, it has just been a lesson that I've had to teach myself over the years and you you know you all have we have our self talk and so you take that client that's a little too far away and then you think that really wasn't a good decision so then i mean i have been fortunate in that when somebody has not been a good fit for the most part as i mentioned before they just sort of matriculated off on their own. So I haven't had to 
say to a client, oh, I'm sorry, I've changed my service region. You're too far away now. I, I haven't had to make a lot of those hard conversations with clients. But, but as I said, over the experience of time has allowed me to be more firm with what's important. Mm. Yeah, I do think it takes time and it takes experience because you're right. Most of us are in this business because we have this passion, because we believe that this is something that we, we get to do, that there's this, that, that we sometimes we feel like, oh, I feel guilty charging for this. Why aren't they paying me to come walk their dog? Like, this is weird. I know. So, <laughs> so, so to even have any, any boundaries can sometimes feel antithetical to reasons why we're in this. But I think, as you said, remembering that there are these balancers, these other things that you want out of life. And those, those also need to help direct and guide some of these decisions so that you don't end up in a place where you're not able to have that balance. You're not able to spend time with your kids. You're not able to travel or these things that, that you may want to do. Um, you, you know, you can, it's very easy to overload our plates. It is. And just sort of the nature of the business. We do miss on some personal things like my sister came to town this week and I couldn't go out to dinner with her because I had pet visits that I had to do. It's also, <laughs> this is what feeds my family. So I have to keep that in balance. And, you know, I called her on the phone instead. So it was fine. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky though that my family gets it and they, yeah. they really support my livelihood. So for you, for you, you've mentioned a couple times of of you know this is this is the primary. This is what is feeding the family. This is what allows you to to make a living. So other than this kind of external motivation, uh, what about other motivating factors for you? For because I mean you you've got a tight service area, but you're you're doing a lot of walking and you're really busy in there. So how do you? <laughs> what else keeps you moving on uh, day after day in this? <laughs> well, you know. When things first started getting busy around the fifth year or so, I really had, I had to really struggle with my motivation because it would be cold and raining or I would be walking a dog past somebody's house and I could smell their dinner inside. And yet I hadn't had dinner and I was hungry and it was dark and cold and <laughs> you yeah. really have to have that talk with yourself of would I rather be doing this and caring for animals which really is my passion or would I want to sit in an office and have office politics and have to commute and all the things that aren't so great about an office job and so on those days when it was really hard to keep me motivated I would have that self talk with myself and say Okay, let's let's do the pros and cons and that did become ingrained for me so that that is now a part of my mindset and it's not as hard. Mm. Even though I I really I walk about 12 miles a day. I it's a full-time job. I work pretty much 8 to 10 hours every day without a break. And that's hard. Especially right now, it's cold and rainy, but I've got a trunk full of gear, <laughs> and so I'm ready for the day. <laughs> I've got 
everything I'm going to need, whether it's my rain pants and boots, you just, you have to talk to yourself and have that hard conversation with yourself on why you are doing this. Why is this what you want to do with your life? And I got to the point where I, I came to terms with that and you're going to have hard things in any job. And so you just sort of have to realize that the cold and rainy days aren't so much fun, but I also get the beautiful blue sky days when somebody else is in an office. So it balances out. And as long as you can motivate yourself to get through those hard days, like the days when you walk in and you immediately are hit with a smell of dog diarrhea and you're like, oh boy, (laughs) I got some cleaning to do. (laughs) It is. It really is. You know, I, I was, I was struck with a very similar thought um, pretty recently as we were moving in to winter and I was standing in a backyard. The porch light was completely broken. It was very cold and I'm standing there in the dark at like, you know, six, seven o'clock at night waiting for a dog to pee. And I was like, man, this isn't right now. This isn't a whole lot of fun. Um, Right. And, (laughs) and, and this is part of the job that, my that clients have no idea that we do because I only post nice, bright, shiny, sunshiny photos right. on, on uh, to, to Instagram, and I only share those. I can't share a pitch black photo; it's not very, very fun. Uh, but as you said, this this self talk kicked in of like, okay, yeah, but like, yeah, right now, okay, it's not the most fun, uh, but you know, I'll be back here tomorrow and it will be beautiful weather. And then, That's you know, right. we go on these walks and I get to be outside. And, and I don't, and sometimes that may, I know people may hear that and go, well, you're just, you know, you're denying reality or whatever, but what you're actually doing <laughs> is you're putting everything into context of like yes. the broader scheme of this and refocusing again on making those pro con lists. I think that's huge to, to, to be able to do in certain situations to help move you through them. And it helps to shape a more positive mindset, which is just going to make your day easier if you can focus on the good things. And even if you have the bad things happening right then, remember the good things. And I think that's what helps me get through when I'm tired and I still have two more walks to go. <laughs> so everybody else is home eating dinner, but I'm still walking. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I also, I mean, it may sound crass, but I will remind myself that this is what pays the mortgage and keeps the lights on and feeds yeah. my family. And that is so, yes, I love taking care of people's pets and. There are, you're right. There are times when I'm like, gosh, I get paid for this. How awesome. But, (laughs) but you also have the days when I say that the really bad days are the days I earn my keep. And so if I can keep that as a reason Mm. when it's snowing outside, that's the reason that I am walking their dogs so that they don't have to. And I'm grateful that they're paying me for it because. I can now pay my mortgage bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it is this weird, weird balance of what we do has such a, um, a levity 
to it. It is such a joyful thing at times when there's not diarrhea everywhere. Oh, <laughs> but at the same time, it is, it's deathly serious. What we do impacts yep. um, not just the people and their pets, but also impacts us and our families and our ability to earn a living. So it's this, it is this very odd of like, the tasks, the service themselves are are very they're they're supposed to be joy filled, and they are um uh, you know like I said there's there's levity to them because of the joy that we bring to them, but then the, it, we have to remind ourselves this there is a, this is a business right this there is a money exchange here there is expectations here and uh, my ability to pay for things is dependent on me doing and executing this well. Yes. Right. You mentioned earlier that your your husband helps out in in the business some, and I was curious uh, what that relationship is like of of working together on the business, but also being a, a husband and wife. Yeah, we actually make a really good team. It's so I'm primarily the dog walking person, so he does do some uh, he's my backup which is wonderful so one of the great things that he does for me the gift he gives for me is that I go to the beach every summer with my whole family and he stays home and walks all my dogs for me mm-hmm. and so he's a, a fantastic backup for me if I need to go to the doctors or something he can cover a walk for me but the other part of what he does is so my business model is Sort of at this point, it's 50-50 with dog walks. I don't do very much pet sitting because my dog walking day is so long that adding in early morning or evening visits for pet sitting where somebody's out of town, that's that's just makes my day too long. Yeah. And so um, then the other part of our business is in our home dog boarding. Hmm. And so Tom is the one that's at home during the day. And so he manages the dogs in the house and our boarding has really been very successful. I, I I love being able to just have such a happy environment for dogs. It, it gives me so much satisfaction. Now the dogs that you are, are boarding, are they existing walk clients or do you accept clients that aren't uh, repeat clients? That's how it started out. It started out with just my dog walking clients where they needed to travel and they said, Hey, do you think you could keep my dog at your house? And so that's how it started. And then it has just organically grown over time. And now it's so it, I, my business is mostly through referral and I like it that way, especially with the boarding business, because my clients aren't going to recommend a dog that they wouldn't their they wouldn't want their dog to interact with. So to me, that helps keep good social dogs coming to my house and ones that don't have aggression problems. And the meet and greet is crucial for the dog boarding business, especially because they're in my house and I have to see how they're going to interact so that I can keep it fun for everyone and keep everybody safe. It is a balance to have of wanting to make sure that it's a good mix, um, but also wanting to be open up to other people who might not need those walk services uh, so that you do have a good mix of of dogs that are together because it is a very, very intimate setting. When 
when you have a great mix of dogs that are playing and having fun, it's so much fun to watch. It just, it makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is, it is, it absolutely is. And so, you know, you know, you're out walking dogs during the day all day long, and then you come home and there are client dogs there. Where do you find time to separate out from, from the business a little bit? Oh, that's a really good question because I do have, I have over time had some clients that were seven days a week and that's a whole lot of dogs in your life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm really lucky. We actually have a farm. And so we go there on weekends and I bring all the boarding dogs with us. So I'm still working, but it's a, a mental getaway. And so that's when it's really awesome because I get paid to hike with dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm doing what I want to do. And Oh, by the way, these dogs get to come with me. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of how I, it's not a break from dogs because there is never a day in my life where there's not a dog in it. Well, with all, all of that, that you have, uh, you know, you've got, how do you, how do you keep it all organized and, and moving forward? I am so glad that I am naturally a very organized person. And so that's one of my core principles is managing my, my schedule is like my a number one priority. So every morning I have a, an hour time block that I set aside every morning to work on my business. And so, and that's a, that's important. That is in my calendar. It is literally written on my calendar as like an appointment. And so that is a time block where I am doing any of the marketing. I am lucky that I don't have to do a lot of marketing because mine is primarily all through word of mouth, but that's where I'm doing my bookkeeping, managing my schedule. I'm very detail oriented. And so I, that is so important to me to make sure that I have everything organized and laid out. So I I have had, I've walked in on a a dog emergency before and I had the client's phone numbers at my fingertips and I knew who their vet was at their, at my fingertips. And, um, being organized really, I think helps make me more professional, makes me more effective and gives clients a sense of confidence that I've, I've got it covered, that I, I can handle whatever you throw my way because it's organized. And mm-hmm. I am regular with my, I send out invoices and we have contracts and I have pet business insurance and things that make me a professional business. And then I also, I use QuickBooks for my bookkeeping. And at some point I will be implementing time to pet. And I know that it's going to save a lot of time for me. But I love how it starts with an hour in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right? I've like, this is time for me to do all of these thing, things. And I'm sure you don't get to everything every single day, but you know, you've got that hour tomorrow and you've got the hour right. the next day. And it starts with something so simple as just going, 
this this is this is my time for the business. This is where I'm working right. on the business, not in the business. And that is so critical because I think I know early on and and still sometimes this day, uh Megan and I try and work on the business while we're working in it. And that's mm-hmm. not a good those are two different hats that you need to be wearing while you're doing this. There's right. the planning, the manager, the operations, and then there's the execution. And if you can't take a step back to work on the operations part and work on the billing and work on all that stuff, because you're out walking and you're like, well, I'll, I'll just do all of that while I'm walking because it's time. It's, you know, no, you, you, it's the wrong mindsets to be in and you need <laughs> right. kind of that, that space to be able to do them well. Right. Yes. And I, I did come to that realization at, at some point in my business journey that I needed to have that time. I was trying to, as you say, I was trying to reply to emails and phone calls while I'm walking a dog, which isn't fair to my client. It isn't fair to me. It isn't fair to the dog. It's because you need to stay focused. And so it it's really important that I have that hour every morning. Yeah, that focus is what helps us make really good decisions. It makes sure that we're not rushing through, that we are fully understanding what's going on, and that we're giving our full attention to the task at hand. Again, this this operations and this execution hats that we're wearing, it's like when I'm executing, when I'm doing the walks, I need to be fully focused on that and not worried about this other stuff and part, and, and just knowing, okay, I'm worried about this. But I can't focus on it now. Uh, tomorrow, I, I'll be able to focus on it. Like that gives us a little right. bit of re- relief too. Right. <laughs> now I know also in your business, uh, you don't charge extra for for pe- for additional pets um, if they're at somebody's house. Um, right. How, how how did that decision come about? Well, so to be clear, that if if it's a dog walking or a pet sitting client, I so I charge by my time. And I am, I think it's important for my business model to keep it simple. I really appreciate that in my pricing structure. Mm. For instance, last night I went to walk a dog and one of the dogs, it's, it's a two dog household and one of the dogs is sick. So I only walked one dog. Does that mean that I have to, would have to remember to not, not charge the extra dog fee for that day? I, I prefer just to keep a simple pricing structure that clients can understand and that is easy for me, especially because I am the only, I wear all the hats. So I need it to be something easy for me at, at billing time. Mm. I was there for 30 minutes. So I also like the the client, I, I like to encourage people to have extra dogs to me i like it when they rescue another dog and so my i'm going to be doing the same things whether i'm doing it for one dog or five dogs it's mm. the amount of time that i budget for that client that dictates what i charge them the other part of that is that if i do have two dogs coming from for boarding if i have two dogs coming from the same household they do get paid they get charged per dog yeah well i think i think the desire to have it as simple and straightforward as possible is is something that um we need to remind ourselves when when are in our business you know i i do see people every now and then post their price sheet and it's like 
three pages long and <laughs> right. it's, it's in nine point font. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> right. like, I, I'm overwhelmed. I can't imagine a stressed out or nervous client trying to parse through all of that and try and understand it and, and have them make good decisions. I went through an exercise um, of a pricing comparison and I actually took 20 different dog businesses that are in my area and I did a whole spreadsheet of what they charge. <laughs> there were some that like, wow, this this is like reading a menu. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it is. It is. And I um I, I think that that's a, a natural uh, way to to do this at times of of well, I'll just add all of these things under the sun. And at some point it's like, well, it doesn't cost me anything to put on my website that I offer these six different varieties. But I think from a customer experience aspect and mindset, it does impact their ability to make a good decision and understand exactly what they're getting. Yes. And I also think it's important for having clients all pay the same price. And so I, I appreciate my pricing structure in that if somebody calls me and says, so I need a 30 minute dog walk. How much does it cost? I can just answer that. I don't have to say, Oh, well, let me give you an estimate. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got the same price. And that to me is fair. And if somebody calls up and said, Oh, well, could I have a discount because you're going to do two walks a day? I don't think that's fair to mm-hmm. my other clients that are paying my normal price. So everybody's the same price for me just to keep it fair and consistent. Right. Yeah, and easy for you. I, again, I think yes, that's so, that so important. I mean, <laughs> it, even after we do a price, like a price increase or price change, it's like, I've got to have my sheet in front of me. I can't imagine having to do that if I had 30 different things on there. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you're right. It, it makes it so simple. I we had that same experience where somebody said, Hey, um, what's the cost of one service? And I told them, and then they were like, okay, what if I wanted three a day? It was easy. I just multiplied it by three. There you go. I think that language of, can you get me an estimate? And, and it's like, I, I don't estimate. I know exactly what right. this is going to be. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Building a profitable pet sitting business on your own can feel overwhelming. Since 1994, Pet Sitters International has helped over 40,000 people just like you start and grow their business. From access to group rate pet sitter insurance and discounts on background checks to free client handouts and a monthly member toolkit, PSI provides you with the credentials, continuing education, and community you need to grow your pet sitting business. You'll also be invited to join a private online network of other pet sitting business owners from around the world. Save $15 off your first year membership by using promo code PSC15 at checkout. Visit PetSit.com slash PSC to learn more. You're in Falls Church and you have a really small, tight service area. I'm sure that there is a, a tight-knit community in there, especially after being in there for, for so many years. What, what, what is your connection to the community and, and, and how your business operates? Oh, I love networking. I love my other dog people, well, pet care people. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, that's on my to-do list right now is I am planning a networking lunch or event, coffee, whatever. And so I have a list of all of the the dog, um, 
I keep saying dog, but the pet care people in my area that I'd like to invite. So I have some trainers on the list and I have a doggy daycare because I want us all to be able to get together and know each other. I, especially because I am a solo business, I rely on my other professional friends to cover me if I go on vacation or something. And, and it also really helps because this can be a lonely business. Mm-hmm. I rely on the other people in our industry sort of for my sanity and for my helping me work through situations because they get it. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, having a, a positive network of other professionals in the same industry is really important. And it makes it a lot more fun too, to know that somebody out there is doing the same thing you're doing and they can help you with advice or they can help you with backup. And I, I really think a network is very important. Now, as you, you I totally agree that your network does, there's so many benefits to it, not just the I can um, refer out if it's not a good fit or they're outside my service area, but this this immense like mental and emotional support when you need it, uh, that are especially local who are experiencing a lot of the same stresses and strains and uh, frustrations at times too. Um, do you ever do you ever worry or are cons- when you send out those invites? Do you ever worry of somebody rejecting you or um, thinking or, or being worried about competition when during those interactions? So when I first started, there is a woman in my neighborhood who is a professional dog walker, and she was sort of the fixture in the neighborhood. And when I first started, I actually went and talked to her and said, look, I'm starting a dog walking business, and I I want us to do this together and not as a competition. And we work in great harmony. and. Mm. So when you say that I'm worried about somebody rejecting sort of an olive branch of networking, well, those aren't my people anyway, so I don't want to work with them. (laughs) (laughs) So no, I am not worried about that. And I have been so amazed at how friendly all of the other people in the same business in my little area like I've I have found a really great network of just other professionals and we together we're stronger I think you're right because now you have that support you have somebody who you can go to for help and and not just you go to help but they can come to you for help and when when those ideas start being shared around people start behaving differently. And and I think one of the biggest impacts that I mean we've just seen from interacting with our local community is just how gradually everybody's prices actually started to go up because they started interacting with others and knowing what was going on. It was kind of cool to see. Being like, okay, yeah, look look what look what the community is doing. And now we're all taking similar trainings or going to different classes or or having that support of like, hey, you know, this 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 event is happening locally. How do you think it's going to impact the, right. the pet care that people need, like that is invaluable to, to you as a business owner. It is. It really is. And it, and it expands your resources also so that you have 
other people to rely on and pick their brains and get help and just talk to. Yeah. Now, in, in addition to to your local community, you also run and, and manage the <laughs> largest Facebook group for dog walkers out there, uh, as if you didn't have enough on your plate. So, where did where did that where did that come from, and, and why is that important to you to maintain and, and to have there? So, several years ago, Cindy Potter created the Facebook group called Dog Walker to Dog Walker, and it is a great group. And I learned so much from everybody in there. I really, it is a great resource to, I just learn from other people. So Cindy created this group and Cindy Walt and I all actually know each other from a rescue group. So we are all active with lab rescue and that's where I got my dog. Well, that's where we all got all our dogs from. <laughs> so that's how we started to know each other. And then as Cindy's group grew, she asked me if I could help her. Um, Cindy and Walt do a lot more than I do. I just, it's because it's a, <laughs> a volunteer position. <laughs> uh-huh. It's, hard to always have the time when you've got a busy schedule but it's a great resource and I think it's so important to have that for others to just learn and use it as a resource it it's a real real benefit to share so it is important but it, it can be really hard sometimes I mean it's an online community. So some people aren't always so nice and then you got to deal with that. <laughs> and a lot of people get offended and then you got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and it's a volunteer position, so you don't get paid for it. But that too of going, okay, this is a volunteer. And I'm sure that you kind of help weigh these cost benefits again, again these pros and cons of how much you're going to stress out about this because it is a volunteer position. It is something you're deciding you want to do and spend time on and, and kind of keeping all those in balance too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is, a, it is a really great, great community. There's always so many good questions and I love all the feedback from people. And that's really the power of, of that kind of group. So you have your local group where you're talking about specific issues where you're, you're working together, you're networking, you're sharing, you're um, referring out to, and then being able to be plugged into such a large group like this, you really start to see a lot of very um, interesting questions or or situations where you're like, well, I never would have thought of that or that's never happened oh, to me. Yeah. It's kind of fast. It's tracks. so true. It kind of fast tracks your ability to, to learn so you don't have to spend, <laughs> go through all that yeah. pain of learning. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, it it really is. I, I it, It's an important resource to and that's why I do volunteer my time for it because I really do think it's an important resource and I like to give back and I like to be a a part of a bigger community and um, I think from my years of experience that I can help others make their their road a little bit easier by sharing some of my knowledge and so I like that part of it and 
it's nice to be able to help others with something that I have already experienced the answer to. Yeah, it, it really is to be able to go, oh, hi, I've gone through this. This is, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and being plugged into that group and, and kind of seeing everything that goes on, I, I did, I did want to know, I did want to know, Jane, how, you know, looking, thinking about the industry and maybe where it's headed, you know, what are some, what are some challenges that you see us needing to, to either overcome or just that you think more people need to be paying attention to? I think that sort of the professionalism of the industry is very important because you see on the news horror stories about somebody that trashes a house when they're staying there. And there are so many negative things that negative stories that sort of can bring down our industry as a whole. Mm. And I think that, and, and that is one of the things that's important with the resources, like the, the groups and your podcasts is sort of sharing how we can make our industry better and stronger and more knowledgeable and keep the pets in our care safer and how we handle the clients and just all of the different aspects of owning a business. And so as far as the challenges that I see with the industry, I it's just maintaining a level of professionalism, I think is very important to keep us from being dragged into the mud by some bad news stories. Um, I think also with some of the current issues is COVID dogs, that so many dogs are used to being home with people all day or they've been adopted and they've never even had people in the house. And so our one of our current situations is dealing with dogs that you know, when people start going back to work more, that it's a changing landscape. And, and that can actually create some dangers for us as pet care providers that the dogs aren't used to having someone in the house, they're going to react differently when nobody's home. And mm. now there's this new person walking in. I think it's it, those two aspects of not only are they not used to being alone, but they're not used to strangers coming into their house or, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to regulate that. They don't know how to communicate those frustrations. They don't know what's going on. And so you're right. We as an industry through our through the professionalism that we're bringing to it, need our, there's a lot of education there. There's a lot of of resources that we need to be bringing to bear on not just our clients but our community at large to kind of head off some of those concerns. Because I know for us, we're already getting clients who are booking summer and you know even some more Christmas vacations. But there's a lot of work to do between now and then yeah. to get their dog ready for that. It's true, and and a lot of clients it just doesn't even they don't even think about it. It doesn't occur to them that, oh, my dog isn't used to having a stranger come in the house and we need to start preparing them now before the vacation starts so that it's important to have that person come in and do some dog walks before they head out of town. There is work that we can do that we get to do to help our clients and equip them to be better. And that's just something that, that we get to, to bring through our processes and through our social media or, or through our, our meet and greets, too. Right. Yes. All good. <laughs> yeah. Jane, I, I can't tell you how, enough about how much I've 
appreciated you taking your time out of your, your busy schedule to come and talk to us today and share your, your insights over the years and, and your, your encouragement to, to do those self-talks and to weigh those pros and cons and to remember that there is joy in this industry, even in the, even in the tough times. Um, but I know there's an awful lot here uh, that we just barely scratched the surface on. So how can people uh, get in touch with you, follow along, and, and get connected? Sure. So thank you very much for having me on. And first off, that was this was great fun. I just love your podcast and I'm just honored to be a part of it. Oh. So the way people can get in touch with me, again, my business name is Paw Prince Pet Services. I've got a Facebook account. I do have Twitter and everything, but I don't do that is much. So sure. <laughs> let's go with Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so and one other way you could get in touch with me is through my website, which is pawprintsva.com. And I would love to help anybody that has questions. Perfect. And I will have all those in the show notes for people to click right to and uh, to their, to the uh, uh, dog walker to dog walker uh, Facebook page too. If no, if they're not a part a member of that too, they need to join. Uh, and hopefully yes. start learning and uh, picking your brain. I am a, on another group as well, which is the Homestyle Dog Boarding Business Owner. So that's another good one to join too. Added to the list. Perfect. That'll be in there as well, Jane. Okay. Thank you so very much. How do you motivate yourself? What does it take to keep you moving forward? The great thing about that question is it's all up to you. There's no right or wrong answer. We will find both intrinsic and extrinsic motivating factors in our lives and for our business. It could be that this is your sole income. So needing money is a primary motivating factor for you. It could be that you just can't bear the thought of a pet going without the best possible care for them. And so you continue to show up every single day. Whatever that is, I encourage you to start listing out both intrinsic and extrinsic motivating factors in your life and know that they will change over time. And that's perfectly fine. We are in different life stages as we get older, as our business grows, as our clientele change. So add this to your quarterly or annual review process. What is motivating me today? How has it changed since I last looked at this? And what does that mean for the decisions that I will make in my business moving forward? We want to thank our friends at Time to Pet and PetServe International for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon.